0: Well, once again, welcome to 2021, our first Sunday as we kick off this new year together. You know, 2020 is one of those years that just because you're here today or you're joining us online, just because we made it, I feel like everybody should get a participation trophy, right? I mean, that's one of the ones I'm not a big for participation trophies, but I think last year, for all that we've gone through together... Just being here, just being in this new year together is, is saying something. And I realize that for many, you're still kind of in the middle of a lot of this. Because here's a truth that, that we've got to wrestle with is simply changing the calendar doesn't change the situation, right? Simply the fact that it went from December 31st, 2020 to January 1st, 2021 at midnight That didn't change anything, but I think God can lead us in a fresh way. There's something that I love about the new year coming on the heels of Christmas, because what our calendars are are reminding us of, even though the situation doesn't just immediately change and evaporate, it does remind us with the coming of Christ, the Christmas celebration, with the coming of Jesus into the world New things are possible through what God is doing. Not because the calendar just changed, but because of what God's doing. As I looked back on 2020, I always like looking back at some of the lists and different things that get posted. And I was curious to see what was the most searched for things in 2020. Uh, that the searching that Google was most searched on Google, as we all live our lives through Google. And it was quite a year. And so... Many of these aren't surprising, but I thought I'd share them with you just as we settle into this new year. Number one was the election results. It makes a lot of sense. Number two, coronavirus. Number three was the Google search for Kobe Bryant as he passed away in 2020. Number four is, shows you how much this was on our minds because it shows up again on the list, coronavirus update. And hasn't that been one of the most frustrating things about this whole pandemic is what you know to be true one day has about a 24-hour shelf life, right? You can make decisions, you can make plans, and then new information shows up. Either shows up globally or shows up in your home, and you've got to make new plans. Number five, coronavirus symptoms. See, you can tell how much this is effective. Number six is related to it, but it was Zoom. We all learned how to do Zoom. And as soon as they figure out that the virus has spread through eye contact, we won't be able to do that anymore either. Number seven is related. Number one, who's winning the election? Number eight is Naya Rivera, one of the, an actress that lost her life also, this one, as well as Chadwick Boseman, the star of Black Panther that lost his life. And then after the top nine, this was fascinating, the top nine all have to do with news that predominantly is negative. Uh, Something tragic happened. Do you want to guess what number 10 was? Here's Out of all the things that went on this year, here's the number 10th most searched for thing on Google in 2020. PlayStation 5. (laughs) Made it into the top 10 list of things searched for. So there's always some balance. But once again... The change of the calendar doesn't just change all the situations. It doesn't doesn't give us the year back all of a sudden. It doesn't replace your job. It doesn't uh, doesn't give you the the time that you spent in the hospital. It doesn't bring a loved one back. So the question is, as we go into 2021, what do we do? And I want to take a quote from Micah 6.0. And I want to take, actually, the message version of this quote. This is a very familiar quote to many of you, but I want to take the message version. The message is a a translation by a man named Eugene Peterson. He tried to put it into very common language. And so if you want to make a mark, this is Micah chapter 6, verse 8. And it says this. It says, But he's already made it plain how to live. This is the answer to the question, what do we do in 2021? What to do... What God is looking for in men and women, and here's the answer to how we should live and what we do. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously, but take God seriously. Now, that's a translation, that's a paraphrase, but I really like what he's getting at there. That we're not going to be the center of our own world, but we're going to lean into what God's doing and taking that seriously. And so I want to position us for that. I'm going to give us a posture for that today. And as I thought about this, I thought, okay, what's it like going from 2020 to 2021? And a phrase just kept coming back to me, and you'll see it in the title we're talking about. I just kept thinking, this is a rebuilding year. Maybe you've heard that uh, in sports, where a high school team either has a great season, then graduates off a lot of their senior players, and then next year the coach gets up and makes a speech and says, well, this is going to be a rebuilding year. Or maybe you've gone through a long season, and it's been a difficult challenge, and the coach once again says, okay, what we're doing this year is we're building on the fundamentals, and we're going to start a new course this year. We're going to start towards a winning season this year. Well, I think that's what 2021 needs to be for us. It's a rebuilding year both locally, maybe very personally for you, as well as globally. But I want you to, I want to give us a posture and a way to approach this year, and so I've got some questions that I want you to wrestle with as you move into this new year, but they don't come from me. They come from where we're going to look in our Scripture today. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find a place that's in your Old Testament. That's the first part of your, your Bibles, and it's a book of Nehemiah. And it's okay to use an app or it's okay to open up and the first place you can go if you want is the table of contents. I want you to find Nehemiah. And what we have in this book while you're trying to find that is we have in many ways, we have a very personal memoir from an official in a foreign court. And Nehemiah, we discover as he shares in this memoir, is he's the cupbearer to the king, Artaxerxes. And you don't get to be cupbearer to the king unless you are a slave, because the cupbearer to a king is not a job that you wanted. It was your job to protect all that the the king was going to eat and drink, and in fact, you were assigned the task of tasting ahead of time. Now, this is a in a day where where there is pretty much just a couple of ways of political assassination. One was just going to war. The other way was a lot more sneaky is you would poison people. Now, that seems strange today. We don't think in terms of poisoning people a lot. We think of more violent means of killing someone. But poisoning them, and so what the cupbearer was to do is because they didn't have the means to run all kinds of tests, they had one solid test. Somebody else drank first. If they lived... It's good. How would you like that for your job? You really, really care about the popularity polls of the king at that moment, don't you? You want him to be a very popular king. Well, this was Nehemiah's job. God had orchestrated a series of events where he comes into the court of this king because he was one of the. Jewish people that were in exile, they are not in their home place. They're no longer in Jerusalem and in Israel. They've been taken off into exile, and now Nehemiah finds himself. And Nehemiah receives some difficult news from back home. He receives word that back home, the city walls of Jerusalem still after years and years, lie in ruins. And those that survived the exile, those the remnant that remained, they are still present, but they're despondent because their cities lie broken. And, and it's a very grief-heavy thing for my, uh, Nehemiah to hear. Nehemiah is burdened um, by by what he hears from this message so far away. You know, you get bad news from home, and and you hope that whatever's going on there is better than what you're experiencing. And he hears this, and it breaks, it begins to break his heart. And so, if you want, let me show you, in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 4. He's received the words, and he's writing, once again, he's writing this memoir. It's almost like we have his journal that he writes. He says, When I heard these things... I sat down and wept. You see on what a deep level this is breaking in. For some days I mourned and I fasted and I prayed before God of heaven. Have you received news like that? Have you ever seen a situation that breaks your heart? Because for the walls to be down means that the people have no security. It means they have no sense of who they are. Because that lived in a day where you were defined by the city that you were a part of and how strong those walls are. And if the walls are down, they're wondering who they are and what their identity is. And there's this question that hangs in the air for them says, "Is God even real? Because if He was, why is our situation like this? It's a deep ache inside of Nehemiah. I've shared with you before about my mom that passed away five years ago. One of the things that mom loved was the my grandmother's house, the house that my mom grew up in. My grandmother lived in the same house for the vast majority for the, her entire married life. And so, as a young boy, I would go out there to grandma's house and was on a farm, was on a ranch, and and you know you could just play and you know hundreds and hundreds of acres of land and go fishing and. It didn't matter what you did. Just that great memory surrounding that, surrounding the house. And I had these memories where um, I would go and spend weeks for the summer. And my grandmother, I called her Mamma. Mamma was an old country pioneer kind of woman. And so she got up at like, oh, dark 30, okay? And by the time I would make it up, somewhere I... I'm guessing it was around 7.30 or 8, which for me, I thought, this is early. You know, this is still very early. We would sit at the breakfast table, and first of all, she'd have to go, well, good morning, sleepyhead. And she had already had breakfast figured, and she would tell me about her day so far. Like, there hadn't been a day for me, but she's already done the chores, and she's fed the cows and the chickens, and she's made me breakfast, and I'm enjoying that, and I have just such vivid memories of doing that. Well, when mom, when grandmother passed away, mom inherited the house, and then mom came in and fixed it up to be a, a real gathering place for the family. And she only lived two years, see that. And then a few years after she died, we received word that through was probably faulty wiring or a lightning storm or something, the house burned to the ground. And it's strange because I know that's a house. I know it's brick and it's wood, but there are so many memories that I had around that house. It was really like, and I hope you can understand this, and I'm not not trying to be too dramatic, it felt like I was losing mom again. Because all those memories, and they would send me pictures of it, and it just the house was almost unrecognizable. And there was all this twisted metal and melted plastic together, and you're trying to figure out, Figure out which room was which room. And I had the sense of grief. And I think that's what Nehemiah is experiencing just on a far greater scale. Because it's not just a house, but it's the house of the Lord <clears throat> that lies in ruins. It's not just his own personal dwelling, but it's the city of God that he's trying to figure out who are the people of God now. And he gets word the walls are down and he's burdened by that. So I'm going to give you three questions. And here's the first question. What breaks your heart? As we go into 2021, what breaks your heart that God is calling you to rebuild? Not not just what are you upset at. Not not just what are you mad at or just what's frustrating about it. And and for some, I know that wearing masks, that's, that's a frustrating thing. I'm not talking about just what annoys you. I'm talking about what grieves you that you've come from the last season, whether it has anything to do with the pandemic or not, but you've been in a season, perhaps a long season, and you just look at it and you realize it's not what it should be, and it breaks your heart. That you have a sense and a burden, because this is what Nehemiah had a sense of, that you need to change that. that. That you need to rebuild something there. I'm going to encourage you to spend some time wrestling with that and wrestling with each of these questions um, outside of this sermon, because I think the more clarity you gain on these questions, the more you're going to position and posture yourself for God to do some incredible things through you this coming year. So we're going to begin with the most difficult, one, and is that is simply that which what breaks your heart. The Nehemiah in our story. If you get a chance to read, I want you to read chapters one at least through six of this story, and it's a fascinating one. But for interest of our time today, I'm just going to summarize. Nehemiah does the unthinkable. He's burdened so much by this that he then goes into motion. He he prays and he fasts, and he has a sense that God wants him to do something about this. It's that burden that's so heavy that he can't just let it be. And so he's going to go, and he wants to rebuild the walls. Now, that's an incredible task, but remember, he's just a slave or a servant in the court of the king. He's, he's not an official that has any type of legislative ability. He, he's not one that has great, great leverage here. But, once again, God has positioned him uniquely to have access to the king. And so, he prays, and he fasts. And then he shows up to do his job. He's faithfully doing his job. And the king notices the downcast on his face and says, why are you so sad? And he sees that as an opening from the Lord. And what he does is he speaks into that moment, and he talks about the walls of his home city still lay in ruins, still lay in, in destruction. And the king can see what it does to break Nehemiah's heart. And the king, this pagan king, this one that does not recognize his Lord, commissions him with letters and resources to go and build the wall. This is an unbelievable thing, but this is what happens when God is working behind the scenes. And so he gives these letters to Nehemiah. And Nehemiah goes and he scouts the area, and at first he keeps his plan secret to himself because he doesn't want anybody to know and he's still trying to figure out how this is all going to work out. And after he surveys the, the destruction, in fact, he's, it's got him where he's walking along or he's riding his mount along the, the city walls or where they're all toppled down. And at first he gets just this sense of how big the task is to rebuild these walls and the resources that he has. But as he continues to look, he knows that God's at work and so he reveals this. And he gathers those that are together and the resources that the king has sent with him, and he begins the task. And now, guess what? Opposition enters into the picture. And there's some in the area that do not want the walls rebuilt. Because once again, they don't want the people of God to have an identity, to have a sense of security, to have a sense of who they are and where they belong. And so this is threatening to them. This changes the game for them. And what they do is they begin to hurl accusations. And they begin to try to to distract. They begin to try to threaten. And so Nehemiah goes through a series of procedures and some policies and some practices where they set up defenses, and one man builds while another stands guard. And they begin to encourage one another in this way, and they work together. And so when when they see that their threats and and their taunting doesn't work, they try to pull him off the wall. They, they try to distract him. And so they send messengers to him, and these guys named Sanballat and Geshem. And they send him a message. And again, these are, these are other foreigners. These are enemies. And he says, Come, let us meet together in one of the villages of the plain of Ono. They're trying to, once again, pull him away from the work. And in verse, chapter 6, of verse, verse 2 through 4, says this, But they were scheming to harm me. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Now I'm just going to pause right there. And if you're following along in your scripture and your Bible, I want you to circle that or I want you to highlight that on your app. I'm carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Maybe your Bible says it cannot come down from it. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message. Each time I gave them the same answer. You you see what they're trying to do? They're trying to pull him off point. They're trying to pull him off the task. They're trying to get him buried perhaps in red tape or distracted with issues or be able to discourage him a certain way. And each time, after four times, I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to waste my time with you. You're a distraction from the project that God has laid before me, from the task that God has given me, from what I've been burdened with. So Nehemiah has this incredible clarity of task, and he goes through this process of all other distractions, all other things that are pulling him away, he's eliminating. He's not giving him any credence, not any cred in his world. So question number two that Nehemiah presents for us as we go about the rebuilding process is what distractions do you need to deal with? What has your attention that's pulling you away from what God wants your attention on? What's drawing you away in such a way where you're you're letting first things fall down the list? Where you're letting the priority take a back seat? And 2020 has been a year that's really challenged us with that because in some ways it's been a blessing because it's removed a lot of our distractions. It it caused many of us to go back and focus again on what was the main thing. And at the same time, it gave us so much more anxiety that it brought in a whole new realm of distractions, right? And so many of us struggle with addictions, whether severe ones or what we'd call... Mild ones. Maybe it's addicted to our phones or to the internet. We're addicted to something else that's distracting us, but we're coming off of our main focus. And we're allowing something else to creep into that place where God's calling us. And maybe what you need to be rebuilding is a relationship. Maybe you need to be rebuilding a marriage. Maybe you need to be rebuilding a connection with your children. Maybe you need to be rebuilding a connection with your parents. Maybe it has something to do with your faith walk that needs to be rebuilt, And you know that you are not following Jesus and you're not practicing the life of what it means to be a disciple of His. And that needs to move back into square number one, the top of the list. And yet, distraction after distraction keeps coming. And so what distraction do you need to deal with? to where you would say, I am on such a great project right now that I don't have the time to be distracted with this. I'm on such a great task that God has burdened me with to build or rebuild something here that I don't have time to slow down for you. Because what Nehemiah was able to do is when all these distractions, and they weren't just a few, there were numerous ones coming in various forms, and some of them were threatening in many ways. He was able to come back and say, that's a distraction. And he was able to dismiss them because he was able to label them appropriately and not be carried under with them. So what are the distractions that you need to deal with in 2021 as you begin this task of rebuilding what you're burdened with by God? Well, even with that, Nehemiah still struggled. And he was still challenged to complete this incredible task that God had called him to. This rebuilding of the walls, this giving the people of God a sense of identity of who they were before God once again. As he did that, doubt begins to creep in. And so... Nehemiah relies on one more resource that he's got, and you've got the same resource. And this is this is what's incredible to me about this this literature that's so ancient, this historical memoir that we're reading together, that goes back thousands of years is the very same resource that Nehemiah relied on, is the same one that you and I have in 2021. Here's what he did. I'm going to show you this verse. This is and coming from uh, I lost my, my reference. Nehemiah 6, verse 9. They were all trying to frighten us, thinking their hands will get too weak for the work, and it will not be completed. Once again, this taunting. And after that, he says this, But I prayed. But I prayed. Now strengthen my hands. Nehemiah's response when the distractions seemed like they were going to take him down, when they seemed like the taunting was too much, when they seemed like the opposition was too great, And it seemed like he was going to lose commitment to it or grow weary in the doing of the task. But I prayed. You hear the power in that? But I prayed. Yes, it was a great task. Yes, it was demanding. Yes, the challenges were real. And Nehemiah would come back. But I prayed in that moment. And I want you to look at what he prayed. Now strengthen my hands. See, we we are so quick to pray for things for God to change the situation, right? But Nehemiah prayed a specific prayer for God to strengthen his hands. I heard this many years ago, and I really believe it's true, that when we talk about the burdens that we bear, around the world, the world seems to pray a different prayer than we typically pray here in America. When we have a burden on our back... We pray for the burden to be lightened on our back, right? God, take the burden off of the back. And, I, and I'm not knocking that prayer. But the world, around the world, especially in less developed countries than ours, they pray a different prayer. God, give me a stronger back. You see the difference in the two prayers? So the question that Nehemiah has for us is, do you pray for God to change you or change the situation? what's going to be the thread of your prayer life? And I'm hoping that you have a prayer life in 2021. That when you reach out to God and you're challenged with all that's going on, will you pray for God to change the situation? Or will you pause long enough for Him to also say, God, if you don't change the situation, change me. And give me the strength to endure faithfully in this. So how do you need to be praying for God to strengthen your hands? Is it with a marriage? Is it with an addiction? Is it with leading your family in faith once again? It, maybe you need God to strengthen your hands and there's some forgiveness that you need to offer that you've been withholding. And that's what God would have you rebuild in 2021. What is it that you need to be praying And will you pray for God to strengthen you in the midst of it, not just get you out of it? And and trust me, I understand. I I want to pray that prayer that God just make it all go away. I've prayed that prayer in 2020, trust me. But that doesn't mean He's not present and He's not at work, even behind the scenes. Because you see, God's always at work behind the scenes, even when we don't see Him. See, God doesn't need our permission to be at work. God God doesn't need me to acknowledge Him to be at work. Me, I like to be acknowledged when I do something good, right? You know, I want credit for it. But we serve a God that's so much above that, that He's at work. And what God was at work doing was for, for years behind the scenes, decades behind the scenes, He was positioning Nehemiah into a certain place. Not a place that Nehemiah would have just signed up for but he positioned him as a cupbearer to the king which gave him access to the king so that he could at the right moment ask the unthinkable, ask that from the foreign king that had enslaved the people, can he go back and rebuild the capital city of his people? God positioned that behind the scenes long before Nehemiah felt the burden. So God's already at work and he's already at work behind the scenes in your life. And so perhaps the prayer that we need to be praying together and for each other in 2021 is that God, give me the strength. Give my hands the strength in the middle of what you have me in. Not just to release me from it. And I think that's going to be a secret to us rebuilding because, like Nehemiah learned, waiting time is not wasted time. Because God's at work. And so, as you wrestle with these three questions, what burdens you that God's calling you to rebuild? What distractions do you need to deal with? And will you pray for strength in God to change you in the middle of it? I have a prayer for you as you go about Because what Nehemiah did is he rebuilt the wall and brought glory back to God. So my prayer for you is simply this. In 2021, that you find joy because of what God is doing through you not simply what's happening to you. And with that, God can work the unbelievable. God can work the that which we think is unredeemable can be redeemed. See, our God's the one that was able to walk into the tomb of Jesus and the dead, lifeless body of Jesus be brought back to life. Not just life, but Lord of all. And if that's possible, 2021's not a problem for him. What you're burdened with is very well something from God that he's calling you to. And if this year's the year that you learn to walk by faith and perhaps let go of needing to know every single thing about it, that God can do the miraculous in your life, and more importantly, through your life. Because there is still a world that needs to be witnessed to. There are still marriages that need to be saved. There is people that, that are lost, and they do not know who Jesus is. And as much as 2020 has been a big distraction for us all, we've got to be about that this coming year of realizing that whether there's a pandemic or not, the name of Jesus is going to be lifted up. Because in Him and only in Him is the hope of the entire world. So I'm going to be praying for you this year that you will find joy in what God's doing through you and not simply what's happening to you. Let me pray for you right now. Father... I in no way want to make light of 2020 because I know for several, it was a difficult year, and there was grief because there was loss. So, Father, as the calendar changes, we realize that a simple turning of a page does nothing. But you, you can do everything. Father, I pray for each person that's hearing this message that you would give us the burden the burden that you are calling us to carry and to do something about, the thing that needs to be rebuilt that brings glory and honor to you. Father, whether that's a marriage or that's a ministry, that's a relationship, that's forgiveness that needs to be extended, whatever form that takes, Father, that you would give us clarity of it. I pray that you would eliminate the distractions. You would give us the courage to eliminate the distractions and that you would strengthen our hands for the task, Father. Perhaps in a way that we didn't even know strength was possible. Father, if if there's a way to end the burden or to change it or to end this pandemic or whatever, Father, we'd ask for that. But Father, let us not just sit out holding hope for that, but our hope be found in what you're doing through us in the middle of this. And that against all odds and that which is unimaginable, that you would still bring redemption and you can build something glorious with what's available here. Father, for that, we're grateful. So we do ask what you promised in Scripture, that you would do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. And we know that this comes through the one that we serve, through Jesus, the one that did walk out of the tomb, unbelievably so, and calls us into this new year. Father, only with that can it be a happy new year. It's in the name of Jesus I ask all these things and pray. Amen.